Welcome everyone to the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. The podcast that gets you where you need to be for your fantasy team. Now, please welcome your hosts, Sean and Mikey Rock. What is up, GCF fam? Yes, again, it is your boy, Sean, back at it with another edition of the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the fresh face reveal today on Twitter. If you don't know what I'm talking about, get your ass on our Twitter, at Grand Central Fan, and check out my boy Mikey Rock's waiver wire wrap up. Mike, talk to the people. Um, your face is out there now, so the um, you know sex offender registry is probably getting a lot of calls. Um, so talk to them. Let them know how you feel in your last few days of freedom before the cops come knocking. Yeah, you know, I was looking real good. Uh, I cleaned myself up. You know, um, oh, my boy. stash was looking real petty and everything. But you know, that's that's me at my worst, people. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed it. Looking good, bro. That is that a Nike sponsorship you got too, or no? We're working on that. Uh, I can't really speak on that right now for legal uh, reasons, but nice. Yeah, nice. we're working towards something. So you stand with Kaepernick. <sighs> next, uh, <laughs> next topic, please. Speaking of sponsorships and Kaepernick, uh, Kaepernick's not sponsoring this podcast, but this podcast is for probably one of the last times, Mike, as a presenting sponsor, because uh, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, GCF fam, we have a new presenting sponsor coming up at the end of this month, which is coming soon. Um, But for this final podcast we are presented by that's right the grand central fantasy patreon page you already know the deal go to our twitter account it's um right in our bio click on it we got we we keep adding patrons at a pretty alarming rate when we launched this shit i thought we were gonna have five um we have a decent amount of people right now you can go right on see how many people we got, see what the content is. And the the real key to having us on your Patreon and like subscribing to our Patreon, I mean, is the fact that you get unlimited access to us no matter what. And I mean, we just had our uh, patron come to us. His teams are doing pretty poorly. He's like two and five, I think he said. Fantasy addict on Twitter. And, you know, we told him, it's like, hey, man, let's do an autopsy of this thing. Let's rip it all open. Let's see what we can do. Let's put together some trade packages. Let's try to do it. You're not going to get that attention from us any other way. And it's really going to be turning around a lot of people's teams. It's going to help keep teams trending towards the playoffs and the championships. So keep it in mind, only $5 a month, $10 a month if you're a fucking god tier follower that supports us and wants to see everything we do keep going. Um, you know, listen, if you love those videos of Mike, you can see him in fucking HD if we get more patrons, trust me. So, um, and speaking of my guy, Mike, unless you have anything to add, Mike, I think we need to give the people what we want. I'm sure they fast forwarded through me fucking talking for the last uh, two minutes straight just to get to put some respect on their name. So, I mean, Take it away. Let's fucking jump right in, baby. 
Oh, I'm uh, I'm ready to fucking do this. I've been waiting all week. There's so many guys that deserve respect on their name, but a lot of only guys. a few get it this week. A only a guys. few. And we're going to start with your boy, Joey Burrow. Joey Burrow Blech. deserves so much respect for not only being the fucking man, but for leading the Bengals to a 5-2 and two record, best in the Ravens. And it's like, not only is he physically tough, but the mental aspect of testing your ACL, putting your body back on the line just shows that Joey Burrow is a fucking legend. Burrow against the Ravens, who held the Chargers in check the week before. He threw 400 yards, three touchdowns. He's thrown multiple touchdown passes in every game. And guess who else is in that club, Sean? Guess? Take one guess. Nobody. That's right. Nobody. Joey Burrow stands alone, which speaks to his consistency and this offense's consistency. Put some respect on that young man's name. Next, Mike Evans. And Evans and I have had a complicated, troubled relationship over the years. Uh, with the ups, there have been downs. And at the end of the day, whether you like someone or not, you got to give respect when respect's due. I'm a man. That's what we fucking do. Nice. Evans holding three touchdowns in a day as he straight up bullied the Bears. This is the third time this year Evans caught multiple touchdown passes in a game. He gives off strong boomer bus vibes, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock the man this week. I'm not gonna do it. Let's praise the guy who won multiple weeks for you guys out there. Put some respect on Michael F. Evans' name. The F is for phenomenal. Shout out Wheezy. Next, we got. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. I, I've been waiting all fucking day to talk about him. About time. Because, about time. Thank you. Brown. You know what? You know why? Because it, it's it's one of the biggest comeback stories in sports history. This shit is bigger than Jordan coming out of retirement. This shit is bigger than Magic Johnson telling us he has AIDS. This is A.J. Brown who survived Chipotle. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed because Chipotle is like authentic Mexican. And I, it is I love them. It's it's, it's yeah. It's, you get that in in like uh, Tijuana, if that's a, even in Mexico, they give you Chipotle, bro. Yes, it is in Mexico. You're right, Sean. That's what they give is you. It? And um, you know what? He uh, he survived the food poisoning battle, and he put on his best performance of the season. Eight catches, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Finally gave fantasy managers what they have been craving for. No pun intended. Brown finished the day as a top five wideout, and the best has yet to come, guys. Take it easy. The best has yet to come. You know what they say. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Put some respect on A.J. Brown's name, and we're going to have to take some respect off of Chipotle's name, unfortunately. Next, DeAndre Swift. Sean's boy, DeAndre Swift. The legend. And uh, Swift has made his long-awaited arrival to get some respect in his name. Sean has a hard time owning up to this. Um, you know, he's made some mistakes talking about Swift. He traded Swift away in the offseason. You know, he straight up disrespected the guy okay, in one it. of our leagues. Worth just it. throwing it out there. Anyway, Swift has been uh, all-world in fantasy football this year. He's currently sitting seventh for all running backs in PPR and finished a week's um, – Seventh, I think, against the Rams. No, not seventh. He finished. I think he was uh, top three, actually, this week yeah, against the Rams. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry for disrespecting you, Swift. He's a PPR maniac, and I'm officially crowning him the honors of Austin Eckler Jr. Ooh, That's a whoa, high whoa, fucking whoa, whoa. praise, Sean. You wow. heard it here first, wow. folks. What a turnaround. Austin Eckler Jr. <laughs> Sean. Thank you. Put some respect on that guy's name who lives rent-free in Sean's head. Last but not least... Kyle Pitts. This is for you, Sean. This oh, is yeah. dead ass for you. Finally, Kyle Pitts. dude. Finally. And we couldn't possibly finish 
America's favorite segment without talking about a tight end days after National Tight End Day, which Dude. we I can't fucking what the fuck with the National Tight End Day, bro. We'll get to that. Whoever, yeah, we will definitely get to that. Whoever thought of that, uh, we'll get to it. Anyway, spoiler alert: he's not a fucking tight end. Fuck off. Fuck National Tight Ends Day. Fuck all tight ends. Pitts a wide receiver. He really came into his own these last two games. Seventeen catches, hundred and eighty yards, and a touchdown the last two days. He had a beautiful deep pass caught one handed. Did you see that? He's, yeah, he's bro, a fuck- come on. I was living on red zone on Sunday. Jets up there. He's a master at his craft. Pitt said, fuck being a tight end. You guys suck. Wide receivers are cool. Fuck off. Put some goddamn respect on my fucking wide receiver name. Let's go. Nice. Fuck bro, there it was, baby. There it was. Fuck National Tight End Day. Dude, that was a whole – just real quick. National Tight – this is what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago with the fucking Manning cast and then like last week with oh, ESPN with their announcers and shit. They try so fucking hard. That guy on fucking uh, NFL Red Zone needs to drop dead like tonight, dude. He is so fucking annoying. <laughs> he was the one – and like I know all the other like announcers were doing it. He was the one on oh, National Tight Ends Day. Like, dude, nobody gives a fuck. Like, I remember Kurt, that Kurt Water was going so hard with it too. Like the Gabe Day Boarded show, like they were doing their bowl predictions. It yeah. was like half of the NFL teams, uh, the tight ends will lead their teams in reception yards because it's National Tight End Day. Dude, honestly, that was definitely like NFL marketing telling them like hey we're pushing this shit because they're gonna like sell a t-shirt or something or like oh for every tight ne- next year it's gonna be like every fucking uh ball a tight end catches on national tight end stay a fucking cancer kid gets his wings or some shit like it'll be like some saint jude charity bullshit like watch i guarantee it they're gonna go so fucking hard with it like they always do but back to what the people want not me yes. proving that i belong in hell um Real quick, dude, A.J. Brown, hasn't he had – he's had uh, food poisoning for like two weeks, for like right? A while. Yeah, it's been a long time. a while, time. dude. That's what people were saying like on Twitter because everyone's a doctor on Twitter and they yeah, were saying usually when you have food poisoning, it's like out of your system, I think, relatively quickly. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I mean, I should be because I'm subscribed to Twitter, but I don't know. I mean, I it know, is out of he's got. He might have a partnership with them too after this. Yeah. Did you see that? Are you serious? Really? I swear to God, he oh, might be a sponsor right. for them. No, I'm so so serious. And he's like, and basically, like he's saying, okay, I'll do it, like free money, but I'm definitely never eating here again. Ch- so Chipotle made me fucking almost die, and I couldn't play football at a high level for a month, and now I'm gonna sell it. I mean, wouldn't you do the same thing? Oh yeah, dude, I would sell my soul for a lot less than a Chipotle sponsorship. So yeah, don't worry. But if anybody I mean, wants to buy Grand Central Fantasy for like fucking five thousand dollars, like I'll do it right now. Trust me, and I'll make my we'll make a new fucking platform. It'll be bigger than GCF. Bro. But um, again, back to football. Joe Burrow. This is what I want to ask you. All those other guys, like we get it. Kyle Pitts, we knew that was coming. Like I said, um, for a while and. I'm still pretty bullish on Ridley, even though he had like that one catch and for a touchdown. Like these guys that in Atlanta, they're implementing a new offense, and he and Pitts is a rookie. Like it's going to take some time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, people are rushing him, but I do want to get your opinion, Joe Burrow. What are you thinking for him? As like, is he a reliable starting quarterback in fantasy? 
like moving forward? I think he is. And I, I mean, I spoke to it real quickly. Um, when I was putting respect on his name, he's thrown multiple touchdown passes in every game. The only guy to do that. He's thrown at least two touchdown passes in every game this year. And I think, I think we should continue to see the success moving forward. I mean, because look at the talent that's around this guy. I mean, obviously Jamar chase who I felt so bad, not putting him on the list again, but it's like, I, I legit, I should put respect on his name every week, but like I gotta, you know, make these other guys feel better about themselves. But after Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, who's just coming back, who's a guy. Right. We're gonna talk about him, I think, a little later too. He's he's averaging more targets a game than Chase. I mean, Dude, um, and then you got last week. Yeah, Tyler Boyd, another talented guy, is a third wide receiver. He, uh, Joe Mixon, uh, you catch that, you can catch a bar in the backfield. That tight end, like Uzamu or whatever. How do you say his name? Uzama. So Uzamu. Yeah, so whatever. Easy. I don't know. So, what well, that that guy who got pissed at me because I can't pronounce okay, names. I'm gonna say yeah. something now, but anyway, um, yeah, he's got so many. He's got so many uh, pass catches around him, and I think you know he he those guys can help make up even if Joe Paul, Joe Burrow's having like a subpar performance. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I've been getting a lot of questions, and I have situations in leagues of my own. Where it's like I picked, dude. I in one league, I literally picked up Joe Burrow for Herbert's buy, and I have people fucking down my throat trying to get fucking Burrow for me. And a part of me is like, yo, I could probably trade Herbert and get like a lot bet, like more in return return than if it was just Joe Burrow, you know. Um, yeah. So I'm like kind of balancing that. What do you think about that? Would you, if you are one of those these owners out there um, that traded? That, or excuse me, that has Burrow on your roster and you have one of these stud quarterbacks like a um, Herbert, like, you know, Mahomes, like uh, Kyler Murray. I mean, obviously those guys are like next level, but I mean, Burrow put up those types of numbers um, last week. Would you consider trading that like stud quarterback and just roll with Burrow the rest of the year? Or are you trying to trade Burrow? I mean... So if you trade one of those other quarterbacks, they're a bigger name. I know Burrow is the hotter name right now, but you probably can get more for like a Justin Herbert, I think still, yeah. than some um, some of those guys. And one of the things you need to take into factor, um, which ha- actually, um, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you're going to see shortly, soon, a couple of days, I'm posting a blog about Shred the Schedule. Um, nice. So this kind of ties into it right here. You got to look at schedules down the line. And when I'm looking at Joe Burrow's schedule, like he has Cleveland, um, he's got he's got the Jets this week. Then he's got the Browns. Got a bye, and then when we scroll down to the playoffs, you got Baltimore Week 16. Who I talk about them all the time. I'm not high on Baltimore. They have so many injuries, cornerback position, Bad. a couple guys from the ACLs. They have the Chiefs in the championship game. They play at Denver Week 15, but Denver's kind of been a shade of themselves. I still I still have faith in that defense, but. You got to look at the strength of the schedule. You got to look at the playoff matchups, especially if you're sitting with like a high record and it looks like you're definitely going to get into the playoffs. Um, I think it's safe to go with Joe Burrow into the playoffs if you could dish off Justin Herbert for, you know, solid running back depth, wide receiver depth, um, something that you're sl- uh, lacking. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I would trade both. I would feel much more comfortable trading Joe Burrow. Um, but you know, if you were That's fair, definitely. If you were one of those owners that, you know, lucked into it like I did, just from being fucking fantasy football stud, then uh, you know, you got options. It's a good problem to have. We'll put it that way. Um mm-hmm. all right, Mike, now listen. 
like I say, every fucking week at Grand Central Fantasy, we're all about balance. It's all about the yin and the yang over here. And while we have to put respect on people's names, we have to take them off, baby. Uh, that sounded more like cows mowing than bows. I don't know what's going on with that. But first yeah. off, speaking of fucking fat cow losers who can't fucking run or catch the ball, Allen Robinson the second takes some fucking respect off uh, his name. Mike, honestly, he was like uh, Grand Central Fantasy's favorite son. He's done, bro. I'm, oh, I'm fucking God, over yeah. him. Droppable. Droppable. Wow. Wow. Here it is. Droppable. If if I wow. if there was if there's a guy out on the waiver wire, like dude, I'm borderline like dropping him for Lazard this week if I had to, with Devontae Adams most likely being out. Two receptions for 16 yards. I think I think Lazard's out too as well. Is he really? Like just happened. Just happened. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I could be I could be wrong, but Randall no, he's, on the, res- on, he's on the reserve COVID nineteen list as well. Because wow, he breaking was news! Breaking news! Yeah. Well, let me. Sorry, sorry to ruin your segment. No, 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 it's okay. It's good. It's good for the people who fucking know. Um, you know what? Honestly, fuck this COVID shit, man. We're gonna get to that in a minute, but god damn it, these fucking people! Holy shit! Um, but Alan Robinson, it's real. Alan Robinson, it's fucking <laughs> over, bro. And it, a lot of it's not his fault, but. I mean, come on, dude. It's the same fucking offense. Um, Justin Fields sucks. Like, he's terrible. I love that um, picture that Mike retweeted out of Fields, like, leaning against the bench, just, like, staring. And and I can't believe that these people thought he was going to be good. I mean, come on. You fucking... In college, he was in Georgia, went to fucking Georgia. Nobody even knew why he went to fucking Georgia. Transferred because, of course, he fucking transferred because Jake Fromm was a true fucking sophomore. And then he goes to Ohio State, had a good year. I mean, he had like 50 touchdowns, comes back for COVID year. Dude, it's Ohio State. These guys are not good quarterbacks. There's never been a good one. Why do you think Justin Fields is going to be good? Because he's tearing up fucking third string defenses in the preseason. I love Chicago, but their fans are delusional. Take some fucking respect off Allen Robinson's name. Drop him tonight. Next up, Sammy Darnold, baby. Sammy touchdowns, my boy. Benched for PJ Walker. And somehow Walker was the worst, was worse than Darnold, I mean. Um, But you know what? The whole offense as a whole, you got to take some respect off. They just fucking lost up. They looked lost out there. DJ Moore didn't do shit. Robbie didn't do shit. Um, my guy Chuba Hubbard, not Chuba Hubbard. Is were you serious when you said wow. his name's Chuba? Yeah, I swear to God, dude, his name's Chuba, bro. Get the fuck out! Oh, of, of course. I'll come on. You know me. Sam once Dar- I say it once, that's it. <laughs> Sam Darnold. The hype has worn off. I mean, when when they had CMC, I think when they get Christian McCaffrey back, it might be a little bit of a different story. But for now, he's not the same player. It's inconsistent, Sammy. We're very used to seeing it as Jazz fans. Take some respect off Darnold's name. No reason to have him on your roster as well. Next up, speaking of guys that are hard to keep on your roster, Mike's guy, Mike Davis, four oh. attempts for 10 yards, not even targeted, Mike. Not Whoa. even fucking targeted. Whoa. What the fuck is that, dude? Idiot. Big GCF miss. I mean, hand up. We got to be accountable. We loved Mike Davis going in this year. Um, but, you know, we didn't really uh, take into account fucking Cordell Patterson having like a breakout year. Um, yep. Mike Davis. Who- 
at this point, all the respect is probably off his name. Um, you know, I'm still probably hanging on to him. We'll see what Mike has to say about him after this. Next up, we got Miles Sanders. Before he got injured, he was six. Uh, he had six carries for 30 yards. He's fucking trash, okay? I, I like Sanders. He's young. You know, he has a nice skill set. He's shown us what he's capable of in the past. Um, and, you know, he really – he he picked it up in moments last year. But, you know, this kid, he just doesn't have it. He's not a starting running back in the NFL. I love Gainwell, picking up Gainwell. Fuck Boston Scott. I think Gainwell is going to be the guy. Um, you know, but Miles Sanders, it's over, bro. And last but not least, we have another one of Mike's guys, Trey fucking Sermon, baby. Didn't even touch the ball against the Colts. I don't know how that's possible, frankly. I really don't understand it. Um, You know, third round pick filled in really good for Elijah Mitchell. And I know, um, what's his name? Who's the backup in 49ers? backfield Jermichael Hasty. Jermichael Hasty. he was back but Hasty only got like five carries I think if that didn't not, yeah not even much with it um yeah so I do think there we're gonna probably find out there's you know a little bit more behind the scenes I'm not dropping Trey Sermon yet but we really need to adjust our expectations for this kid because it's not dynasty I like him a little bit more than others but honestly man Let's let's pump our brakes on Sermon. What do you think of those guys, Mike? Uh yeah, take respect off those bitches' names. I mean, I hate them all. Um, some of them felt pretty personal to me. Like I've yes. grown closely with some of these guys over the years. Allen Robinson. You know, I was just looking um like before the season, Sean, when we did our wide receivers rankings pod. Mm-hmm. We both had Allen Robinson as a top ten wide receiver, like most people did. And it just to go from that to where he's at now. And I'm not going to put all the blame on Allen Robinson. It's definitely partially the offensive line. He's definitely partially quarterback. Definitely partially Matt Nagy, who's he's a bitch too. But it's Allen Robinson has to um yeah, he has to take some of the blame as well. I think it's just a failed marriage. I feel like he just doesn't want to be there. He got franchise tagged. The the Bears should just try to trade him, get some value for him because it's just not working out. Um, God damn it, Mike Davis. I mean, I really, I really, I usually hit on the guys. I usually hit on my players, man, but this is one I definitely struck out on. And who saw Patterson coming, man? He's been, he's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, he's lined up as a running back, he's lined up as a wide receiver. He's all over the field, Patterson, and he's just been dominating. And I mean, which is great to see, but then on the other hand, it's, they're just going away from Davis and it's just not working out. Uh, Miles Sanders, too. I mean, that, you know, we thought this week, like a lot of people thought Miles Sanders was going to take off. And there's been a lot of blame on the Eagles head coach with Miles Sanders. Uh, They haven't utilized him the right way. They haven't utilized him enough. Uh, You know, that's been a lot of the talk. And he got a bunch of carries. Like, I think he had like five carries on the Eagles opening drive. And it's like, all right, Miles Sanders, maybe he's going to get something going. It's a nice matchup. And then I think like the second series, he got hurt. He hurt his ankle. Well, um, dude, with like, Sanders, fuck, bro? with Sanders, I'm honestly fucking tired of hearing like the team isn't using him right because fucking now, oh, Nick Serrani's not using him right. But literally last year, it was Doug Peterson isn't using him right either. Like he just sucks, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, like he he just sucks. And I know that the offensive line isn't crazy, but honestly, bro. 
there's probably like two to four offensive lines in the NFL that are like, those are good offensive lines. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody kind of had, like it's, it's tough. It's hard to find good offensive linemen in this league. And it's like, these running backs should be better. We see guys like CMC gets hurt all the time. He's a fucking pussy, but like their, their offensive line blows and he still fucking does work. Same thing with Dalvin cook. You know what I'm saying? So. No, I, I totally get it. It just, you know, the last couple of weeks, he hasn't been getting his carries, and then you just started to see him, you know, he had like five carries, I said, on the first drive, a couple more on the next drive, and then, and then he was hurt. I'm like, this guy's an asshole, bro. Like, this is your time to shine, and, uh, and you're going to be a pussy and get hurt like every other running back. But um, Sam Darnold, I'm not even go over him. Yeah, no. Without CMC, he's a lost puppy. Like, he doesn't have CMC to check down to. I mean, for Christ's sake, he got benched for a fucking XFL quarterback. Like, I mean, granted, he sucks, but still, they – they wanted to go with PJ Walker over you. Like you should like really debate what you're doing with your life. He's only then, there because um, he was coached in college by fucking uh what's the asshole um head coach in Carolina. Oh Matt Rule. Matt Rule Matt Rule coached PJ in college. So that's the only reason why he's like fucking sucks, dude. He does suck. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I watched like XFL for like that first week, and yeah, it was exciting did. watching PJ Walker. But yeah. um, if you play in the XFL, you probably have no business playing in the NFL. Uh, but moving on from that, Trey Sermon. I mean, basically every 49er, and we're gonna get to some of them shortly. Should have respect off their name, like on the offensive side of the ball. Hell yeah! Basically every offensive 49er besides Debo Samuel and I guess Elijah Mitchell. All should have respect off their fucking names. It's a mess. Kyle Shanahan sucks. He should be ashamed of himself. Very have, overrated. Like, Very overrated. He is, coach. dude. You have yeah. all this talent on your team, and it's just like, I don't fucking get it, dude. I just don't get it. Trey Sermon, like, do better, bro. Do better. And I'm, I'm definitely putting a lot of the blame on Kyle Shanahan as well. They all need to fucking do better. Respect off all their fucking names, bro. Seriously. I mean, 100%. And John Lynch, too. Like, he was a sketchy fucking hire as their um, GM as it was. But, you know, some of these picks, I mean, honestly, dude, Trey Sermon is a perfect example of the issues with the front office in San Francisco. You draft a guy, you draft a running back in the third round in his rookie year, where as we're learning, like these running backs, like they probably peak their second or third year in, I mean, unless you're Derrick Henry, but you want to get as much run out of these guys as early as possible. And he's not even touching the ball. Like, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, So fuck that. I mean, Mike, last week was a week where the buys hit hard, right? And then on top of that, we had a lot of fucking injuries. And Mike, I wish I had better news for the GCF fam out there because guess what? We got buys again and we got probably even more injuries this week. So why don't you give us a rundown on the fucking GCF injury report brought to you by Insert Ad here because this is another hot news segment that we're bringing you and we got to start selling this shit. Absolutely. And I'm going to start off with Patrick Mahomes, who, yes, he's playing this week, but he, you know, he cleared concussion protocol, but he took a fucking knee to his head. And I thought he was going to be like a vegetable for the rest of his life. It was, I don't know if you saw, it was disgusting. It was bad. Like he got hit hard. I'm stuck. I'm, I was, at first I was stunned that he cleared concussion protocol already, but then I remembered the Chiefs are playing, I believe, Sunday night football and like, 
NFL is not going to let the Chiefs play Sunday Night Football without Patrick Mahomes. Of course. But anyway, um, you know, before the concussion, we all know what's going on with the Chiefs. They look terrible. Mahomes, 20 for 35, interception, fumble lost. They look bad. Um, You know, the offensive line looks bad. It's scary because the Titans' defense is not that good, in my opinion. Um, They were getting – they were getting a little better. Like, like it's not – they're not that good. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying – like, because you know I'm, like, got a hard on for the Titans. I just feel like yeah. their defense has been, like, rounding into shape. And, like, especially, like, their, um, like, pass rush. And then I think it was just, like, a perfect storm. Like, Casey's fucking offensive line sucks. They've been – and Tennessee's D-line's been playing better. And I just think they got them on a good day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think so too, but I just want to know. So obviously he cleared concussion protocol. Maybe he might have some lingering effects. I swear to God, I think that the NFL just needs Mahomes in the game, so they're just clearing him. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Patrick Mahomes moving forward? I mean, especially that offense has been real shaky. What do we think about the Chiefs right now? I mean, more most specifically Patrick Mahomes. Everybody needs to just pump their brakes on the Chiefs, like being done. Like I get it. Like, they were the favorite to win the Super Bowl, so that's why everybody's like, "Oh, they're not going to make the playoffs." Like, it's still Mahomes. Like, he's still only a couple weeks away, a couple weeks removed from throwing five touchdowns against Philly. Um, you know, he only threw two touchdowns in Week Five and Six, and then last week, obviously, no touchdowns. I mean, he's going to be all right. It's just going to be a different type of year, man. Like, the Chiefs aren't the you know, unstoppable force that everybody thought they were like, they have problems. They don't run the football and I don't give a shit what you do. This is a classic Andy Reed team. He didn't run the football in fucking Philly either. And like, if you don't establish the run, even without a, with um, a shitty offensive line, you ask Mahomes to do fucking everything under the sun. I mean, dude, really look at it. Like, yeah, they got Kelsey, yeah, they got Hill, but after that, he really doesn't have a lot of weapons around him. It's not a situation like Brady, you know what I'm saying? And Tyreek Hill is even a little overrated in my opinion too, you know? Like he's a great receiver. He's very fast. I mean, you know, he's he's breaking records. Like he's breaking his kid's arms um, when he got arrested for that. Never forget because I won't. Never forget. But like no. even Kelsey hasn't been the same this year, um, you know? So it's like I just think we're kind of seeing – you know, cracks in the armor a little bit here, but I'm obviously if you have Mahomes, you're starting them. I think you're right about the maybe just putting it on for uh, Sunday night football. But um, you know, g- give me Mahomes all fucking day. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big conspiracy theorist guy, but I think part of it has to do with like, um, you know, Mahomes is putting a lot of weight on his shoulders, considering the offensive line has. I think five new starters, like it's a whole revamped offensive line. They haven't been playing well. I think there's some injuries there. They're benching guys are trying to figure out what to do uh, with their front five there. And also we all know the chiefs defense straight up fucking stinks. And I think Mahomes knows that. So like I said, he's put a lot of the pressure on him. He's trying to make big plays. Got to slow it down a little bit, try to find some easier completions. I know that's not a very chiefs like, you know, they like the, you know, play sexy football, so to speak, you know, throwing the deep ball and whatnot. And I get that, but got to slow it up a little bit, maybe, uh, you know, change the pace up a little bit. So um, let's move right along to Darren Waller. 
who he was. Yeah, I mean, it was surprising, Darren Waller. I mean, when did we find out about Darren Waller? It was Sunday morning, right? That yes, um, that he, he might was, not yeah. play, and then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's because they're not gonna they're not gonna say at nine in the morning when he's playing at four that he's not gonna play, especially at like Waller is a guy that he could change the. In my opinion, his ceiling like he could change the line like a half a point if he doesn't play so it's like they're not going to give you that shit but we were telling people to hop off that fucking sinking ship because he didn't have one injury he had like fucking five yeah yeah and um he strained his inner side they said uh inner side of his ankle and his heel during practice on friday Mm -hmm. i think he tripped on a teammate they said jesus uh wasn't feeling great you know we saw what happened now they're going into the um you know, bye week this week. And then we saw, so with Darren Waller this year, he's been severely disappointing. He had 19 targets that first game. He came, came out of the gate, you know, he crushed it that game. And since then it's just been mediocre tight end play each week. This week we see Foster Morrow. I'm definitely not saying his last name, right. Who had a pretty solid game. He had six catches, six targets and a touchdown. Um, Darren Waller's only had one game better than that. And it was the week one masterpiece that I was talking about. Yep. So between Darren Waller, this injury, do you see this injury dragging out for him? Um, and should people who drafted Darren Waller with a second, third round pick be concerned about this? I mean, they're saying he remains day to day and shit. You know what I'm saying? But like, we're all day to day. So I hate when people say that, but the mm-hmm. thing that sticks out to me is like, yeah, of course, like he's de- this shit's definitely going to linger. He's staying in Las Vegas um, during the bye week. I read. I know that, like, I mean, it's Vegas, dude. I don't know where Waller's from, but like, if I played in Vegas, I'd probably be staying out there too in my fucking like dope house and mansion, and I could like go get hookers on the Vegas trip in two seconds. So I'm not reading too much into him staying, but they are saying he's doing a lot of. Um, he, he's going to be receiving a lot of treatment and stuff. And, you know, even if do these ankle injuries and shit, they baby these guys so bad now with the leg injuries. I know they have to, but think about it. When was the last guy that was hurt with an ankle or a calf or a fucking Achilles? And it was, oh, it's a strain. Oh, it's a little banged up. And he only missed one game. It's, it's very rare. Um, yeah. So I, you know, little spoiler alert. I'm recording a solo pod, buy and sell um, podcast wow. tomorrow for the Patreon. Well, like so, so subscribe if you want to check that out. But Waller's going to be a sell, man. I mean, you he still has potential. If you are like a Waller truther and you want to hold on to him, I get that. And it's fair. I do think. But I think if it's a bye week, week eight, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Waller till like week uh, 11. And I agree with that too. There's no, I guess there's no reason really to like push him, especially this other tight end has been stepping in and filling the role pretty nicely. He's been, you know, just as good as Darren Waller, if not better this past game. And, you know, um, he's been getting usage before this as well. So, um, you know, I know Waller just one game he missed, could miss more, but you know, I would kind of be freaking out at this point if I was a Darren Waller owner. Um, so moving on, let's talk about another tight end because, you know, National Tight End Day was the other day. And, yeah. You know, shout out tight end. Oh, my God. And let's talk about George Kittle, dude. My hair. <laughs> my, my fucking stringy hair. Um, so Kittle, you know, calf injury went on the IR and he's eligible to return week nine. 
talked about Kyle Shanahan. I fucking hate him. I hate what he's doing with this offense. George Kittle, riddled with injuries, basically his whole career. He's played through a lot of it, but you know, the last two years he's missing a lot of time. Um, do we think he's coming back week nine? Is this a guy that we should be, you know, buying, selling? How do we feel about George Kittle moving forward? Are we worried about his injury history still? Kittle's not coming back, dude. I mean, come on. Like he he's not even practicing. He's like light jogging and shit. Like I don't want anything to do with this guy. We were fading him a lot in the preseason. We both yep. put him, we put Waller ahead. We put yep. Kittle both at number three. But if you go back to that podcast, we were both like, listen, like it fucking drops off hard after Kelsey. Um, you know, with tight ends, you're really just chasing targets and they all get a lot of targets. But Kittle might be a guy where we caught lightning in a bottle. He's always injured. It might not be this calf injury that keeps him sidelined throughout the year and we probably will see him again but i mean it's just gonna get re-injured again these leg injuries man it they are so easy to fucking re-aggravate and it's just like dude san francisco such a weird team such a weird offense um you know i it, that's debo's team in the air and it's starting to look like Mitchell's team up yeah. around. We'll see with Kittle, but Mike, look at fucking Kittle's numbers this year. His best game was 92 yards when he got nine targets. He caught seven of those against Green Bay in week three. We haven't seen him since week four when he got 10 targets um, and he caught four of them for only 40 yards. No touchdowns this year, Mike. That's unacceptable for a guy that people drafted in the third round. Unacceptable. Hundred percent, and uh, some of these people out there, I think, grabbed him at the end of the second round as well. And we talked about him; he was high premium, but we couldn't risk drafting him at that spot, considering his injury history, and considering that you just you don't draft a tight end early. The only person I've made the exception for since I've been doing fantasy football now is Travis Kelsey. Other than that, you just wait on a tight end. There's a reason for that, you know. Look at guys: Darren Waller, George Kittle. It's, you know, it just, it's not worth the risk. I'm definitely, you know, George Kittle's coming. He's eligible to come off the IR. I'm trying to sell him right now. And I'm pushing that narrative on people. You know, this is a, this is a premier tight end that you need to have on your team. I'm fucking pushing that on people and running away with that. So like real quick, Mike, like national yeah. tight ends day. Oh my God. Tight ends, tight ends. This is a year. And I, I hate to fucking beat a dead horse. This is a year that proves that our tight end strategy with Mike, which Mike basically created totally on his own and that we've been spreading around to you guys for the past four seasons. Stop drafting a tight end early. Okay. Kelsey yep. lackluster year. Um, hasn't really lived up to his fucking hype. Um, Kittle her sucks. Waller her sucks. Tanyan has been terrible. Finally caught a tight end. Uh, excuse me. Finally caught a touchdown last week. Um, but hasn't done shit beforehand. I like him a lot on Thursday. If all these guys are fucking out. Um, who else? Logan Thomas. I loved him going into this year. Fucking hurt. Her. I are these guys. And those are the five guys you were taking in the top seven rounds. Hawkinson hasn't lived up to his ADP of, I think it was like 62. Um, you know, and guys like Tyler Higby, Goddard, guys you got after the 10th fucking round are actually doing what they're supposed to. The only guy, Mike, the only tight end that you took early that's starting to look like, okay, maybe. 
maybe he might be a little something here is Kyle Pitts. And as you pointed out in the respect segment, dude, he's not even really a tight end. You know, they line him up at tight end, but they were lining him up next to Ridley the other day. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I'll say also Mark Andrews, because some people took him kind of early and I kind of laughed at that too. Yeah. But he's been crushing it. Um, he's been better. There, but... He's been better the last like two weeks, dude. Yeah, I'm not going to give him too much credit, but he they, had I mean, 48 yards, tight 48 yards, three catches on seven fucking targets. And a granted, Cincinnati beat the shit out of them. But I mean, he had honestly, even him, dude, he had that big game week five, 147 yards where the Ravens went off. And then in week six, he had that touchdown, 68 total yards, 14, or excuse me, he, in our league, he had 14 and a half. That's p- half PPR. But my point is, these guys. Is that a fourth-round pick, Mike? That a fourth-round pick? He had fucking 20 yards week one, 57 yards uh, week two, no touchdowns, 109 yards in week three, uh, no touchdowns, 67 yards week four, no touchdowns, and last, last week didn't do shit. And now they're going into a bye. I mean, it's just enough tight ends day, okay? It's over. Dude, tight ends day, bro. We got to make up days, bro. National blow my brains out day. That's Listen, what's going to come next I'm if I keep talking one. about tight ends, bro. I'm ready I for can't, that. One. I can't deal with tight ends because all like the real good tight ends are actually wide receivers. Mike Gusecki, he's lining up as Gusecki, a wide receiver. Gusecki, bro, thank you. I said fucking yeah. Gusecki. I you had were him. on him from the beginning. Dude, you had him not. I got it on, right here. Hard on yeah, for yeah. Gusecki. And I had him, yep. I think, top 10. You were shitting on me, which is fair. Honestly, you had him ninth. Fair. Yeah, ninth. Um, I had I like Gusecki as like a streaming option. It was nothing against him. It was always Tua, bro. And I'm still not putting any respect on Tua's name. I'm not I, doing it. I was going to say, Just bro, wait, bro. You might have just to. Just wait, bro. <laughs> oh, really? Well, how about when he plays like a... You know, above average defense. Then we'll talk. Who do the Dolphins play this week? Who are they playing this week moving forward? Like Uh, on week nine? Um, Week eight, I mean, they are playing. They're playing the Bills. Oh, yeah, it's over. It's over. Oh, dude, but come on, bro. You got to put respect into his name. Mike Gusecki. Fuck Tua, bro. Mike Gusecki, a guy. My hip. My hip. He'll be there. Wait till his brother comes into the league, bro. They're already starting to suck his dick. Um, yeah, I'll wait. Gasecki, you could have got in the eleventh round, and he's been a top five tight end. Who who yep. do we who do we have next, Mike? Because I'm fucking like, yeah. having my period all over the place today, <laughs> as Jesus usual. Christ. Get a tampon. All right, uh, next we're good. We talked about him a little bit. We'll talk about him real quick again. Miles Sanders left the game mm-hmm. first quarter. Needed a cart to get off the field. Didn't return. Um, what I want to know is how are we feeling about the backup running backs. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, any fantasy relevance with them? I believe Miles Sanders, from what I saw, I could be, it could be wrong. It could be off now because I read about it earlier. I think Miles Sanders might miss two to three weeks. Um, They're saying well, how do he's we... like week to week, but you know, yes. dude, it's going to be like a mess. I'm big on the Kenneth Gainwell bandwagon. I've been since the beginning of the season. I talked about him in one of our Patreon blogs early on. Um, they drafted him, I believe, fifth round. A lot of people were high on him. I like Kenneth Gainwell. He's solid pass catching back. How do you feel about these guys? Are they fantasy relevant for the next couple of weeks moving forward? I have such a fucking nut for Kenneth Gainwell going into oh, this year, that, going dude. into the next couple oh, of weeks. Yeah. Bro, because, oh, dirty. because it's just like, I know like Boston Scott uh, got seven carries to Gainwell's five. Um, 
and Gainwell got 20 yards, I think it was. But, bro, the big thing was Gainwell got four receptions um, for 41 yards and a touchdown, and Scott got one reception for five yards. Like, Gainwell is the guy. He's that dynamic back you need. And I know Boston Scott's been there for a while. He's done his thing. I, I don't think... Scott's not a guy I'm told I think has no value. I think in like really deep leagues, he's definitely worth a look. But Gainwell is the guy to own. You agree? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Gainwell has been relevant in fantasy, even with Miles Sanders there. He's been targeted a lot in the backfield. I talked about him a lot in our in my waiver wire report uh, the other day when I posted it, mm-hmm. and he was one of my top ad guys. I mean. Face it, even when Sanders is there, like I said, Gainwell is very is a reliable option. He's like a low flex play. Now without him there, I think they're gonna rely on him heavily. He's gonna get ten plus carries. He's gonna get his six plus targets, it looks like. You know, give me Gainwell for fifteen touches a week and he's probably gonna be in my starting lineup a lot. So I like Gainwell moving forward. Miles Sanders is a bitch. Let's go uh you have anything else to say about that? No, I have Gainwell all day. Go get him if you can. All right, and last guy I'm going to talk about for injuries is your boy Josh Jacobs, dude. And love Jacobs, right? Um, yeah, I mean, but he got hurt midway through the um, Vegas's win against the Eagles. Chest injury; they're saying it's minor. Um, Kenyon Drake steps in, 14 carries, couple catches, putting in work. Ever since your boy John Gruden had um, stepped down from the head coaching position. Kenyon Drake has, I don't know, like revitalized himself or just actually seen playing time in the offense, and he's been really well. Raiders have a bye this week. We're not really sure what's going to happen. Josh Jacobs' injury moving forward. He'll probably be there week nine, I'm assuming. Even if Josh Jacobs is there, is Kenyon Drake, um, I don't know, uh, flex? does he have any flex appeal? with Josh Jacobs in the lineup. How are we feeling about Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake? Hell yeah, dude. I mean, this is the thing. Jacobs is the quintessential running back too. I'm sorry. I don't know what's up with his chest. Mike, I feel like this is like his eighth chest injury, which is like a very weird place to get fucking injured. But hey, listen, whatever. Um, But I think this is the way of the NFL. We're going to see this more. This is what people wanted to see in Philly. This is what some people want to see. I mean, the Jets are a bad example because they fucking suck. But this is what people want to see with the Jets. This is what people want to see with um, the 49ers backfield. It's what you see in Cleveland when they're healthy. The Chubb and Hunt dynamic creating Mm -hmm. two carved out distinct roles for two talented running backs. And I do think in Vegas, we're going to continue to see that. I think Jacobs is good um, with injury wise. I don't think it's going to be that big a deal, especially going to the bye. I think he'll be back in week nine. Um, And Drake, I know it was because a lot of the Jacobs injury, but um, he went off with the carries, man. He had four carries in week six. He had 14 in week seven, 69 yards and a touchdown. The thing with um, Drake too is, you know, he gets the targets, but Jacob's been getting the targets too. You know what I'm saying? Surprisingly so, because he has been, yeah, he doesn't, he's not really known for his pass catching, but they have been forever going to get him involved in the passing game. Um, We've seen it the last, you know, four weeks, except in Denver. I think he only caught one, 
uh, pass in Denver, but it was like for a pretty big play. I think it was for like 30, 35 yards or something. So, um, you know, we've seen him. I know in week four he had five targets and he caught all of them. Um, same thing in Chicago. I think he went four for five or four for six. So I definitely – I like both of them. If I had both of them on my team, I would feel confident putting Jacobs in the RB2 and putting Drake like in the flex. I feel that good about it. Yeah, that's fair to say. Jacobs just worries me. We talked about him a lot in the offseason. You were high in him. I wasn't as high in him. Um, if he doesn't miss any action, you know, you know, Jake, I, it would be hard for me to insert Drake in the lineup. I mean, I just still, I still feel, I don't know, iffy about Drake. I, I, I did like Drake a lot earlier on the season. I know he's got the pass catching abilities, but I still feel like I feel like it's Josh Jacobs' team at the end of the day. But if Josh Jacobs is out, I feel very comfortable with Kevin Kenyon Drake with his usage, uh, especially when Josh Jacobs went down. So that's all I got for injuries right now. I'm not sure if you have any injuries you want to add to that. Actually, you don't. I think you might have forgot because I don't have it on the sheet. You had all the injuries. But Devontae Adams and now oh, yes. bizarre, yeah, bro. Have to talk about that. So this shit – so it looks like Devontae and, and Mike – hit us with the breaking news before I'm trying to look shit up because it is such a fluid situation. Devonte Adams tested positive for COVID. He's vaccinated. I think almost all of the vaccinated, uh, almost all of the Packers are vaccinated except for a handful. Alan Lazard is one of those people who aren't vaccinated. Um, and they got it. I guess one of the coaches tested positive or whatever, this thing is getting, it's just getting ridiculous with the NFL, with this COVID shit. And like, listen, I'm not trying to go on a rant about vaccines. I'm not trying to go on a rant about COVID in general. To me, it's just the protocols in the NFL, especially for vaccinated players like Devontae Adams. He tested positive on Monday. They're playing on Thursday. He needs to get two negative tests that are 24 hours apart from each other before he plays. That is not something that's realistic for him to do, especially when they play on Thursdays. And you got guys like Devontae Adams is like the linchpin for a lot of fantasy teams. He's the key to like the Packers season. And you're telling me that he has to go get a test, a rapid test, I'm assuming, because the PCR tests don't come back within um 24 hours for the most part, um, unless the NFL has some sh- different PCR tests that I'm unaware of. So you're going to have them do rapid tests that are proven not to be fucking, um, not to be accurate all the way. Even the PCR tests aren't hundred percent accurate. So it's like, what are we doing here? And now you got Lazard. It, it's just to the point where, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if we like, look at this and the Packers are going to maybe have to forfeit the game tomorrow. I mean, I know that's extreme, but all these guys have COVID, <laughs> dude. It's it's getting They're bad. not forfeiting, bro. There's there's no repercussion. Don't forget the Broncos last year, bro. Remember Broncos last year when uh, Kendall Hinton, is that his name? Had to yeah, be the quarterback, quarterback, the wide receiver. On the I remember him because so they canceled the game. <laughs> Like, oh, should I drop? Yeah, that was a joke. Should bro. I drop uh, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> for him, dude? Like, yeah, bro, have fun. Yes, yes, that's the move. Um, yeah, I mean, does does Devontae Adams have COVID or he's just like on the COVID list? He, I, I really, I honestly don't know because when I saw the news, I'm, I just, I can't stand the COVID shit. I, 
I, I couldn't even click on the article. He tested positive for COVID. And I listen, I don't want I don't want this it shit like this rubs people the wrong way. I mean, we live in a world now where we're so divided. But honestly, Mike, if if you're fucking vaccinated enough with the COVID shit, okay? There's been a million studies that you, you can it's really hard to fucking transmit it. When you're vaccinated, these guys are on the fucking field. They got masks, they got mouth guards. Like I know they're fucking tackling each other, but it's like what at this rate, my overall point is Mike at this rate, it's literally going to be like 2028 or or like 2038. And it's like, Oh, he's got COVID. He's got to sit out the game. It's like, we got to figure out a better way to do this. Uh, Come on, Sean. People's lives are at stake. This is COVID we're talking about. Okay. Dude, I honestly, if we go any further, it's going to get in a whole fucking vac- vaccinated debate. And again, I'm very pro vaccine. Sorry. But at, at, at this point, it's just, we, we got to stop. The vaccine was supposed to be the key to getting our lives back. And fucking half of America has it now. And the guy, the people that are vaccinated still can't fucking do shit they want. Devontae Adams needs to play. Am I revved up because I have Devontae Adams in a ton of leagues? Yes. Okay. But that doesn't matter. It, my selfish needs to have Devontae Adams play should be shared by all you guys because this is bullshit. Roger Dell's a fucking idiot. Doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Nobody knows what he's doing. They change their mind about everything with this fucking season That's every the problem. five minutes. Okay. So enough. That's the problem. Nobody knows what they're doing. It's a shit show. It's going to continue to be a shit show. I want to throw in, um, you know, we said Alan Lazard is out as well. He was, uh, I don't know if he was deemed a close contact or if he tested positive. He tested positive, I think. Did he? Well, I don't really care. Anyway, the point is um, Packers play Thursday night. Those two receivers are out. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I believe, is returning. So he might be a guy if you um, have Devontae Adams. If, if I mean, if you have Alan Lazar, I don't know how many people really do, but you might. I don't think you were going to start him. But anyway, if you need someone in your flex, Marquez Valdez-Scantling might be a possibility for you. Check him out. Um, Mike, Mike, wave water. Mike, I'm sorry. Now I understand why you asked me if Devontae Adams has COVID or not, because I I didn't really get that. Now I get what you meant by that. These guys get put out of games for being close contact? Yes. Devontae Adams has COVID. Alan Lazard is considered COVID close contact. Lazard is out for five years. Are you fucking serious? Yes, I thought that was a rule. So if you're deemed you're right. close contact, no, it, is. it is. You're right. you're out for five days. You're yeah, you're out for five days unless you test positive in that period. Then you keep getting tested until you have two negative test results. Is that accurate? Yes, which is a joke. Okay, fuck this. Yes, dude. yeah. Let's let's move on because COVID's fake. Uh, what? Um, <laughs> what's the next topic? We're just- <laughs> uh, doctor, we're actually. Hey, I have a Twitter. I'm a doctor. I have a Twitter. I'm a doctor. Dr. Fauci is coming in to do the stars or sits, but we're not going to ask him about COVID. We're not going to ask him about COVID. Dr. Rat bastard. All right. Um, All right. What do we got next? Please get the vaccine. Um, We have, we we're running long. We have the, what we're each looking forward to in week nine, which we can get to quickly. And then we have our, start or sits, which I know a lot of you guys want. Um, 
I'm going to start off, Mike, which you already know the fucking deal. You already know my fucking dick is out for Nick Chubb. It has been for the last mm-hmm. few seasons. He is coming back. All indications he practiced yesterday, practiced today. All indications are that he's coming back um, this week against the Steelers. Love him without Hunt. My question to you is we know what Chubb can do. We, we know it's the Chubb show 100% of the way. To Ernest Johnson, a guy who, frankly, I said really wasn't worth um, rostering after what I saw from 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 him last year, ended up having a big game against Denver. That Denver defense did not look like how we all expected it to look. I'm happy for To Ernest Johnson. Do you think he still holds fantasy value? Because I've been seeing a lot of people that are sliding him into that hunt type of um, role. And while I do think he's going to serve as the hunt change of pace back, I don't know if he's going to be able to really give us that hunt production. What are you thinking? I don't think so at all. And initially, you know, I saw that the effort from Dearness Johnson, I mean, he put on a show, quite frankly, I was surprised. And right after it, I was, you know, I was telling people it's probably a good idea to roster him, mm-hmm. mostly because we weren't sure Nick Chubb's status going into the next week. Now that we know that Nick Chubb is returning, Dearness Johnson is basically dead to me. I think he really? definitely carved himself out a role moving forward if there's no cream hunt to the point that he actually gets some carries. But I think it's just going to be a change of pace scenario with him. I think he'll get, you know, his five, six, seven carries maybe. But this is, let's be serious. This is the Nick Chubb show. We know who Nick Chubb is. And I think, um, I, I don't think Dearness Johnson is really a guy at this point right now that you should roster. Johnson got 22 carries last week. He went for 146 yards and a touchdown. He'll be lucky if he gets eight carries, I think, this weekend. Yeah. I I think five to seven carries. That's that's how I feel. Personally. They got other guys too there. Don't forget about that other fucking uh, running back. They got the Demetric uh, Felton. Yeah, Felton that they caught out of the backfield and stuff. He had two carries last week, but let me see. He had three targets, which led the team for the backfield. So they got other guys. Yeah, there he's too. more of a pass. Ca- yeah, he's more of a pass catching back. He's probably not going to see many carries at all. If you don't have to start those guys besides Chubb, like if you don't have to start Felton or Johnson, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What do you got next, Mike? What are you looking forward to? This is, um, man, this is a is this is the halfway point, pretty much for the fantasy. Th- season. This is. Yeah, I mean, fantasy season. What the playoffs start week fifteen. Going into week eight, this is the halfway point, folks. Like, yeah, championship is week 17 this here? year for the most part, but, you know. Yep. So speaking of the halfway point, uh, the guy I'm looking forward to is Javante Williams, and I think his time is near. I talked about him in the offseason, um, how I felt he was going to be like the J.K. Dobbins of 2020. You know, he was you know, going to get his carries, going to get his run. Melvin Gordon's there, but I felt like, you know, by the halfway point of the season, he was going to really start to take over. And I think that's going to happen. I really think his time's coming soon and his carries are, they're not quite there yet, but he's showing some serious potential and his skill set. When you see him run, he's like an absolute force in the open field. He's hard to tackle. Um, There's like crazy 
uh, analytic statistics out there. I'm not going to throw at you because I'm not really crazy about that shit either, but it just kind of caught my eye. But anyway, Williams and Gordon, they're um, as rushers, like the numbers have been simultaneous, like the same. But uh, Williams, to me, he's the younger back. He flashes that big game potential. A um, couple reasons why I think he's going to start to take over. Uh, you know, Gordon's carried a lot of weight on his shoulders, clearly. And physically. The, and fi- the, yeah, physically. He's been in the league for how many years with the with the Broncos and um, with the Chargers and whatnot. He's getting up there. You want to keep your vets fresh, usually, when you're trying to play push for a playoff spot. So I think that, you know, Javante Williams has, you know, less tread on his tires, so to speak. And I think that he's going to start to take over uh, more as a running back. I also feel like he fits the mold better as a goal linebacker as opposed to Melvin Gordon. You could just see from like the body type and whatnot that Javante Williams is, you know, bigger, more physical specimen than Melvin Gordon. And besides that, I'm looking at the Broncos schedule moving forward. They play the Washington football team, um, who's given up the 13th most fantasy points to running backs. They're playing Dallas, who's given up um, a a lot as well. Philadelphia, third most fantasy points per game to running backs. The Chargers, seventh most. Kansas City, 11th. Detroit, second. And then, you know, we got the playoffs with the Bengals, Raiders, and Chargers. Raiders and Chargers aren't doing any justice against the run as well. I'm feeling... Very good about Javante Williams. I think he's going to surpass Melvin Gordon moving moving forward. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this point. The time is now. Are you on the Javante Williams boat with me, Sean? Love it, bro. I mean, we've been we've been on Javante for since before the season. I mean, I think you and I both put him in. I want to say top thirty in the running backs. I got to go back to the rankings, but I loved Javante. I thought we would see more of what we saw. Um, last Thursday night, which was basically what we kept saying, but he just scored a touchdown this time. Um, He really took over. I think Javante is a guy to definitely own moving forward. I loved him in uh, dynasty and keeper leagues. I think he's a guy that, you know, we'll talk by the end of this season. Javante Adams will be a running back that you take most likely in the late second round to third round. And then at the end of next year, I think we're going to see him as most likely a top five, top seven pick overall. Like he is that talented. Um, The Broncos, they have a good pedigree of running backs in their history when they, when they're good. Um, You know, they know the value of the running game. They got Vic Fangio in there. Who's an old school coach. Um, We're going to see the Broncos try to upgrade at quarterback very significantly. Um, There was some crazy rumor, Mike, real quick before we get to the starts or sits. Did you see that whole thing with the three way trade that was rumored that could still happen with uh, Houston, Miami and Denver? No, I don't think so. They were talking about Tua was going to go to Denver and Watson was going to go to Miami and then Houston was going to get like all like all their picks pretty much and it's like hmm. I don't always running that team like you know I don't I don't know what's going on there but that Denver has a really really bright future with all those wide receivers. We got Jerry Judy. Is he coming back this week, Mike? 
Yes, I believe he's coming back. Yeah, um, I believe he was eligible this past week coming mm-hmm. off the IR. He obviously didn't play, but I believe the reports are saying that he will be in the lineup this week. We got our guy, uh, Jerry Judy, Big Jew, coming back. That's his nickname. I didn't get back to him. Um, I think that's spelled not to not to keep going on uh, injuries, but I think that kind of spells like the end of the line for Tim Patrick, not Cortland Sutton. Um, I think Sutton's kind of proved that he's a big part of that offense, but Javante is going to be the guy, man. I, I love him. I'd go get him in every week. Absolutely. I think, and that's why I brought him up now. Now's the time to go out there and get him. His numbers don't jump off the charts right now, but I believe they will eventually. Now's the time to try to trade for him. And a big part of the reason why I like him too is because the strength of the schedule down the line. Let's not forget Melvin Gordon's contract ends this year. So Melvin Gordon's going to probably roam elsewhere. And next year it will be just Javante Williams team. So it'll be less risky. And I know it seems a little risky because Melvin Gordon is definitely a part of this team and he will continue to be a big part of the offense as well. Cause Denver likes to establish the run, but I think it's just, they drafted Javante Williams early for this reason. And um, they're, pl- they're pushing for the playoffs. You got to put your best players out there. It's the Javante show, baby. Just, just accept it. Oh, baby. And we told you, honestly, hopefully you wouldn't even need to um, go trade for him because we told you guys to take him in the seventh and eighth round in every single league. And I tried to as much as I could. I know Mike did too. So, you know, Javante. Um, Yep. All right. I just got him. I just got him in our other league. Yeah. Good for you, bro. Trade rape. Um, Thank you. Go watch, go watch the league. If Honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's probably a lot of people who are like too young to even know what the league on FX was. If you oh, love fantasy, it's true, dude. That shit came out over 10 years ago. Really? Yeah. Love that show. It was the best show, dude. So if you love fantasy football, go find the league. I think it's on Hulu. Um, and before we hop into our start or sit segment, shout out to all our Patreons. Honestly, it's getting to the point where we have so many, we can't shout them all out by name. You guys don't want to hear that. Um, but, you know, for our God tier patrons, I didn't forget about you. We're going to be sending out that GCF merch hopefully this week. Um, listen. Tons of little extras. Me and Mike are working on a giveaway where we're going to be linking to the podcast, but patrons get, um, you know, a lot more entries, like triple the entries if you're um, with us on Patreon. And for those of you, Mike, are you still alive in our survivor pool? Yes, I am. There's a handful of people there, man. I'd like to hear if you guys, if anybody listening to this is in our survivor pool, let us know because I'm still in it. Mike's still in it. You know, we got we got pretty good. I mean, I'll probably get knocked out soon, so don't worry. I think there's yeah, I think there's got to be around 15 people left in it, and we started with I believe over 50. So yeah, don't forget, man. Keep keep uh, if you're in it, keep sending. Don't forget to set your teams. Calvin Ridley autograph poster. It's right in my fucking house. It, listen, it might be worth something if uh, you know he actually picks it up, which I think he will. Um, I think so too. All right, Mike, starter sit, baby. Now, reminder, the starter sits are never going to be like Patrick Mahomes or Devontae Adams, starter sit. They're always going to be flex plays, always toss-up guys, always bi-week kind of fill-in picks. We're going to tell them if you should start them or sit them, if you, if you should feel safe with them and comfortable or let you know if it's risky. We're always going to give you the fucking straight-up answer. Mike, first off the bat, a couple quarterbacks on bye weeks this week. 
Carson Wentz versus Tennessee. He's been picked up a lot this week. I'm starting him. I love what we're seeing from Wentz in the past couple weeks, turning the fucking clock back, rushing, running around, looking like that almost MVP year before he got hurt when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. What are you thinking of Wentz this week against Tennessee? I like Wentz against Tennessee this week, but I'm going to sit him. He's just outside my top 12. Um, Yeah, unless you have Lamar Jackson or Derek Carr for some reason as your starting quarterback, then I would definitely go out there and you know stream Wentz if he's available. But I don't have him in my top 12. I have him just outside my top 12. My fantasy football rankings will be dropped tomorrow. Well, you guys are probably listening tomorrow. So yeah. it'll be dropped Wednesday. Um, you'll see it all there. But he's, he's a sit for me. Next up, we got the other side of the field. Same game. Ryan Tannehill versus Indianapolis, who has been better because – the Ravens' offense overall, besides Derrick Henry, has been better. Um, you know what? I got to say, Mike, he's kind of – I'm on the fence with him. I'm going to sit with him. Um, I feel like there's got to be better options out there. I would probably – I would definitely start Wentz over him if I had, um, you know, Lamar Jackson or Carr. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm opposite of you. I'm starting him. You know, it's time with A.J. Brown back healthy, looking like A.J. Brown. Titans playmakers are back healthy. We saw Julio Jones back on the field. You know, he wasn't a huge factor, but, you know, he was out there. Colts ranking the bottom third of the league for fantasy points per game against quarterbacks. He's getting the start for me. All right, next up, we kind of covered him a little bit, or at least I think I answered the question, but I don't know if you did. Um, To Ernest Johnson versus Pittsburgh, did you say you were going to start him or set him? I'm sitting them. Chubb is back. I'm definitely sitting them. Pretty solid run defense there, and I just there's no reason to start him. Chubb's gonna get a handful of the carries. T. Higgins versus the Jets coming off 15 targets from our guy Joe Burrow, but Mike, we still haven't seen that ceiling reached from Higgins. Do you think he hits it this week against the Jets? I think so. I think he's going to give you wide receiver two numbers at the least. He's a start. He's averaging more targets per game than Jamar Chase, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, eventually, you know, he just had the 15 target game, like you said. Eventually, he's going to hit a home run. Why not against the Jets? Antonio Gibson at Denver, still dealing with that injury. But Mike, I watched a lot of that game. He doesn't look too injured. It's just, you know, he's just not effective. I'm still going to start him because I feel like if you have Gibson, you most likely have to start him. What are you thinking? I don't know. I'm kind of starting to get, you know, sick of this shit with Antonio Gibson. Fair. I think kind of how Washington is, you know, using him as well. I'm sitting him this week and I know that might be a shocker, but quite honestly, I think, I think Washington football should sit him as well. Um, let him have the week off the rest. You got to buy a week after that, two weeks to get healthy, to get his shit together. They got to start utilizing him better. That's that's what it comes down to. I mean, this guy was a wide receiver in college. He's like non-existent in the passing game, um, despite showing them multiple times like he can do it as a pass catcher back as well. But I don't know. I, I'm going to sit him this week. I think Washington honestly should sit him too and just give him time to rest from that fucking – what has he got? A shin, yeah, a hairline he, fracture. Yeah, he's a hairline fracture in his shin. Which I mean, not. I mean, I guess doesn't they could sound, do surgery. Doesn't sound fun. Yeah, it does. It doesn't sound fun, but I mean, it is what it is, bro. I, whatever. Um, 
this has just showed us that JD McKissick isn't like the guy we might have thought he would be. Um, so yeah, Antonio Gibson, I'm going to start him. Mike Sittingham, uh, Brandon Cooks versus the Rams. I mean, Cooks started off hot. We were talking about this in the warm up before uh, we hit record, but um, Brandon Cooks started off hot. He's been slowing down a little bit. Still like the main guy in Houston. Um, in versus the Rams, though. He's going to probably face Ramsey a lot. I know he's not going to be on him constantly. I'm going to sit him, but I don't feel great about it. I could see him, you know, still putting up his usual yardage over the past couple weeks. What are you thinking about Cooks? I'm close to the same boat as you. It's borderline to me, but I am going to start him. He's like a low-end flex to me. You know, um, the thing with Cooks, he's still going to get his targets. He's still going to be part of the offense. He's just not going to score many touchdowns. It seems like this offense just isn't going to generate many points, but he's going to consistently be, you know, the top target of receiver on the team, which speaks, you know, volumes for PPR leagues. You know, obviously he's going against Jalen Ramsey for the most part, like you said. That's not really what you want to hear, but he is the best player on the team. I'm going to give him a flex play, low-end flex appeal. This week we got Julio Jones, our boy Mike. This one hurts. He's he's at Indianapolis. And Mike, honestly, I am holding out hope for Julio. I'm gonna start him again. But if we don't see some significant uptick in either straight up production or frankly targets, I, I you can't say Julio is really not droppable. I mean, he had last two weeks he's been he was injured week four and five. In the last two weeks, he's had a combined five receptions on nine targets for a little over 110 yards. What are you thinking about Julio this week against Indianapolis? And if you don't mind, give me a little bit of what you're thinking on him long term as well. I'm starting him. I'm going to try to be positive with him because that's all we could fucking do at this point. Yep. Him playing this past week, you know, he's been bothered with injury. It was a step in the right direction. I think the Titans passing offense is slowly on the rise with A.J. Brown showing life, like A.J. Brown being who A.J. Brown was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I think this could take some pressure, I guess, off of Julio Jones. I know pressure is probably not a big thing to him, but, you know, he's not going to be targeted as heavily um, in the – by the secondary with AJ Brown healthy and playing and looking dominant. So Colts give up the fifth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. They've given up the second most touchdowns to wide receivers this year. I'm liking Julio this week. I, I mean, earlier on in the year, we said Julio Jones, I think I'm not sure where you had him. I think we both had him in our top 20. Um, I had him pretty high. Yeah. I like, I don't, yeah, I don't have – I mean, I don't think he's going to be that kind of guy, but I he should at the very least for the rest of the year be, fle- uh, you know, a flex uh, – solid flex play. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, Mike, we got Michael Carter of the Jets versus Cincinnati at home. I know that Cincinnati front line can be a little tough, I guess, but, I, you know, but you know me, no defense is really going to make me not start somebody. Um Carter, the thing with him, the last couple weeks, the Jets played week five and seven. They had the bye week in week six. Um, you know, he's had 10 care. He's had double digit carries all but two games this year. 
Um, he never, he's not a big rushing yards guy. He usually averages around like the mid thirties over the past couple weeks where he's really been starting to break out a little bit of, as a flex option, but he gets the targets and he did, especially last week against new England in that blowout, he got nine targets for, um, nine target, excuse me, nine targets and caught eight of them for 67 yards. If he found a touchdown, Mike, this is RB two numbers here. What are you thinking about Michael Carter going into this week? I'm sitting him. I mean, he's definitely trending upward slowly. His usage is pretty solid. He's averaging 14 touches per game, but it's just hard to be efficient as a rusher in like the Jets offense. Like I could see him being efficient definitely in the passing game, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Ty, Ty Johnson, if you're in a deeper league, he might be a decent option for you because he's been targeted a lot in the passing game and he's getting, you know, he's getting some carriage behind Carter. But um, back to Carter, I could see him being efficient as a pass in the past game. Bengals have allowed the most receptions to running backs in the NFL. But I'm still I'm still saying no. Um, I mean, the Bengals defense giving up the fifth fewest rushing yards. I'm uh, just not confident in the Jets, you know, right now. I don't know how many people really can be confident in any Jet player on offense. In 12-team leagues, I don't think it's a bad idea. 14-team, obviously, you're going to. Anything less than yes. that, man, you know, I, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I agree, yep. Next up, we got Brandon Bolden, Mike, a guy who this was such a weird line. He had two attempts for zero yards, but he caught six receptions on seven targets for 79 yards and a touchdown. They go into L.A. this week. They're playing the Chargers. Um, I would probably start Bolden only as like a double flex type of situation. Um, I'm not going to go out there and like blow a huge waiver wire claim or put a lot of fab down on him. But I do think we have seen that New England really wants to have, um, you know, a two running back type of thing. And with James way out for the year, I think Bolden can really just hop right into that um, spot. What are you thinking? I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm going to say sit. Um, I do like Brandon Bolden a lot, though, and I have written down right here James White-esque role for the Pats. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting him this week against the Char- Chargers. They, When you look at their numbers against pass catching backs, they kind of hold him in check. But I definitely see flex appeal with him many weeks moving forward. He definitely has a role in this offense, and I'm very intrigued by him. Uh, he's, he's a potential low-end flex this week if you got guys injured, guys on bye week. But for the most part, 12-team leagues most part i'm gonna say sit but move i I like this guy i think he's a guy you should grab on your roster um pretty good depth purposes especially in ppr formats and next and last one we got honestly it's obvious now but it wasn't as obvious when we you know decided to do this or decided to put him on the list robert tanyan on thursday night against the cardinals with all these guys out he's a start for me for obvious reasons He's just a start for me. I'm not buying into this Tanyan shit. You know, he finally had a good week. He's been so disappointing. I know Adams is out. Lazard's out. Who else is there to throw the ball to? Um, I think you kind of have to start Tanyan, but I'm really not crazy about this guy moving forward at all. He's really disappointed me, and yeah. He definitely, he definitely let us down. You know, we, we've talked about it. It is what it is. Not much we could do, but um, – That is it 
for the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. I hope you guys will join us next next week. Be on the lookout for all the content we have dropping. You already know the drill. If you're listening to the podcast, you're one of you know our most loyal followers. So we appreciate you. Um, you know, even if you're just a podcast listener, you never made the jump to Patreon. I really do encourage you. It's only five dollars a month. I really think you know it would it would help your fantasy prospects. We've been seeing a lot of good results from a lot of our followers on Patreon. So, but if you can't do that, you just can't afford it. We still appreciate you guys. Um, you know, thank you for following. Thank you for listening. Grand Central fan on Twitter, grandcentralfantasy.com. Um, you know, the drill, we're fucking out of here, baby. Peace out. Cancel Chipotle. Peace out. <laughs>